0: Warning, this podcast contains adult content, including frank discussions of sex, and lots and lots of swear words. Enjoy! Hello, everyone. Happy 2020. Um, We just wanted to start off by apologizing for the unintentional break that we took between the holidays and life stuff. It just, it just had to happen. So we took a little bit of a break. Um, also, our last episode, we said that our next episode would be reviewing the books written by the people who wrote our how-to books. But oh, but there's been some breaking news.
1: Oh my god. Okay, between the time that we even put out the last podcast, uh, and now, the world of Romance Landia. Has imploded.
0: Imploded.
1: And the, one of the central figures of that implosion is Damon Suede. Yes. So it turns out, uh, crazy shit went down in like this uh, crazy way directly <laughs> after we posted that podcast.
0: Right. And so we wanted to to do a little a little quickie and cover that so that you our, our faithful listeners know what is going on with the Romance Writers of America.
1: And some of you may know, because some of you may uh, be more interested in the rom- romance as a genre and in the world itself, some of our listeners are mostly just into this podcast for funny, silly times. Yeah. So may not know anything about it at all.
0: Sure. But just to give you all an idea of how crazy this is, Chuck Tingle wrote a book about it. Yes! So we read that book, and we will be discussing the the... Novella, I say novella generously. Not pounded by Romance Wranglers of America because their new leadership is from the depths of the endless cosmic void <laughs> by Chuck Tingle. <laughs> <laughs> and Claire has has done her in the field research, so you'll be like telling us all about
1: Reporting it. Reporting directly from Romance Landia.
0: Great, great, great. So, I'm so excited. But first,
1: uh, hi Neil. Hi Claire. Oh, this is FMK Lit. <laughs> <laughs>
0: you well, we, all know that. Don't worry right, about it. But
1: where we read two romance novels. Oh, a
0: straight one and a queer one.
1: And then we play fuck, Mary kill with the characters. But not today. Not today. N- today
0: we're doing some investigative journalism. In,
1: yeah, investigative journalism. <laughs> <laughs> and, we,
0: and we read one gay book. Uh, In we, which no, there's no romance and no... Well, there's love, but there's no romance. Yes. So.
1: And I would absolutely say... A lot of my research came from Twitter.
0: Great. You That's know. where news comes from, isn't it? Uh, it's the trenches. <laughs> from the trenches of Romance-landia. Yeah.
1: Look, while everybody else was worried about World War Three, Whatever. Or whatever. We were worried about the Rita Awards, as we're supposed to be. <laughs> <laughs> but more on that in a minute. Uh,
0: but first, Neil. But first, yes. What's got you hot and bothered? Uh, The Star War. The Star War? The Star War. Not the Star War. The most (laughs) recent Star Wars movie. What is it? The... Skywalker Ascending. What's it called? (laughs) The Rise of Skywalker. Rise of Skywalker. So, as you can imagine, or as you can tell, I'm sure, I'm not the hugest Star Wars fan. Like, I've seen the original three. I've seen the new three. I saw the first two of the prequels. I didn't feel the need to see the third one of those.
1: I mean, you know how it ends.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I've seen some of the supplementary ones. As of this recording, I've not seen Solo, so I don't know. Anyway, like, the very specifically what I want to talk about, regardless of how you feel about the movie, and I know that some people hated it, I had fun, but that's because I am not as invested as everyone else is. Um, so when the first or second of the new ones came out of this trilogy... um there was buzz, there was promise of queer characters. Uh, they're going to be queer characters.
2: Who
1: lies?
0: Well, so here's the thing. In this last movie, there are two queer characters. Uh huh. And I, spoiler, it's not a big spoiler, it's not that big of a deal. So there are on the, they're not the rebellion anymore, but the rebellion. Um, you know, Leia's at the base and there are other people who are like, here's this bit of information, here's this bit of information. And there are two women that each have a few lines and we get a sense of who they are as people. And then we see at the very, very end when, spoiler, the good guys win and everybody's celebrating and we see them kiss. Yep. And it's not just like, oh, it's like, oh, there's also a big age difference between them. I'm like, (laughs) great, love it, love it. Um, And it's sort of like, they don't get a a, a close-up, but they're part of, like, the pan-across. Right. So, they are queer. They get as much screen time as other people in the celebration. It's not like a, two ladies kissing, okay, bye. Mm-hmm. Um, and we, when we are introduced to them as characters, it's not like, oh, hey, here are those queer people we were talking about. It's like, oh, here are two people... Who are two women who are very good at their jobs in supporting the rebellion. Oh, and then also they just happen to be in love with each other. Great. So on the one hand, I'm like, okay, great. Like, that's all we need. But on the other hand, it's like, in the, like, 27 billion Star Wars movies that have come out, this is the very first time that we have queer characters, and we just find out about it because they kiss and that's it. So on the one hand, it's enough, and on the other hand, it's not enough at all.
1: No, it's not enough at all. I mean, it's not enough. Also, I mean, for me, like, I'm fine with it.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Obviously, I'm coming at it from a different angle, but there's being straight and having all the media for me. Um,
0: (laughs) All the media is for you. Even drag race is for you now. Honestly?
1: (laughs) No, but so it's, um, so, uh, you know, coming at it from a different perspective where... Mm. Um, I only noticed it when I was told uh as a teenager, like, Oh, there you know, you see Ellen kiss mm-hmm. and they're like, kiss is, this doesn't happen and we're like, All oh, right. Mm-hmm. It doesn't. Meanwhile everybody who's queer is like, It doesn't happen. Hooray, it happened. <laughs> um, but there's also a reason that women are the first to kiss mm-hmm. on screen. Yeah. It's because uh in you know, and like
0: the male gaze.
1: The male male gaze, but I don't want to just say that. But it's like, it's like
0: not gays,
1: right? It's like safe, <laughs> yeah. Like the because there's an inherent danger in two men kissing mm-hmm. that there isn't in two women kissing, right? Because it doesn't upend the order because women are still in this patriarchal society, mm-hmm. sub, subject to like the women, lower
0: orders. Women are allowed to kiss each other because that's what straight men want to see,
1: right? Yeah yeah,
0: yeah. Um, and it, it, see the part of why I'm like kind of okay with it is that it, it like when we're introduced to them as characters, the fact that they're queer isn't like a defining characteristic yes, for agreed, them as characters. And I thought that was great. And they both again, it's like if if it were just that much all the time, Sure, whatever. But, like, in this huge expanse of... And then also for them to be like, we promise gays. Okay, listen, we're Disney now. We know that the gays love Disney, even though there is zero queer representation in Disney. But the gays love it. I don't know why. Because it's, quote, inappropriate for children to, like, learn about gay people or queer people. So for them to be like, no, we promise, we promise, we promise... So I was waiting for Poe to just, like, make out with some guy... Which would have been grand. Oh, yeah. It would have been great. <laughs> but then they'd be like, oh, no. like or at gaze, least hit on a guy. Gaze, we got your back. Wink, wink. And it's just like, oh, two ladies in the background kissing. Yeah. It's like, that's like. No, that's that's what pisses me off. You don't me get, me get brownie me. points for that. No,
1: That's what pisses me off the most, I think, is that promise of representation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they're like, look, we gave you a gift, gaze. Yeah. Happy? Yeah. Happy now? Is that yeah. fine?
2: Yeah.
1: Stop trying to make Poe and Finn kiss it's like, no, fuck <laughs> no, you. I-, <laughs> I am still gonna do that. I'm sorry, that cute little thruple at the end between Ray, Finn, and Poe. Mm-hmm mm-hmm,
2: mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Together forever. hmm hmm Like, I'm
1: perfectly fine with the three yeah. of them being together. And in headcanon, since they're not doing anything else, that's what happens.
0: Great. Love it.
1: Together forever.
0: So that's me. Yeah. Hey, Claire. Yes. What's got you hot and bothered?
1: Oh, my God. So Christmas has happened now.
0: Christmas has happened.
1: And... My sister, Uh who is a fan of the pod.
0: Your sister, who is a marvelous human being.
1: And a marvelous human being. uh, And needs
0: to move to San Francisco. And
1: needs to move to San Francisco. Got for me the following book. The Tingle Universe. The official Chuck Tingle role-playing game. Ah! Uh, To say that I'm excited... Is an understatement <laughs> to say that this the is
0: utmost degree. changed my world. Is an understatement.
1: Oh my gosh! <laughs> I mean, okay. So here's to be fair. Um, I have played a couple of role playing games mm-hmm. in my life
0: mm-hmm. once. Okay.
1: And so I'm not familiar.
0: <laughs> is that a new thing? No, I no. hate it.
1: I'm, the, I'm a malil.
0: No, you're and not. I'm not a famil-
1: Are I, you even a malil? I, yeah, it's oh, okay. the
0: '80s. Not all of the 80s.
1: Yeah, it's the 80, or 81, and that's where I start. Okay. That was where I start. Okay. I don't fucking care. <laughs> <laughs> what I'm talking about, though, is that I'm not really familiar with RPGs, and so... uh I'm excited about this because this is actually, I think, going to teach me how to RPG. And yeah. also it's the Tingle universe, which is mm-hmm. very exciting. Mm-hmm. And we have a lot to talk about with Chuck Tingle today, yep. which is I think really exciting.
0: Because of his seminal work, not pounded by Romance Wranglers of America, because their new leadership is from the depths of the endless cosmic void.
1: Yes. Yes. Um so it's
0: almost as long as the M Preg one. It is,
1: it is. <laughs> oh my god but so um so i told this to neil Mm -hmm. and neil and i
0: i screamed
1: one neil screamed Uh two and this is a promise everybody neil and i are gonna start our patreon so that we can pay christine (laughs) (laughs) yeah really our only goal for the patreon is to pay christine (laughs) (laughs) like anything else beyond that will be a lovely icing on the cake Mm -hmm. So, in the coming months, look forward to us talking about a Patreon Uh to pay Christine.
0: To pay Christine. (laughs)
1: But one of the rewards of said Patreon that Patreon members will get is a little bit of us playing Mm -hmm. this RPG. Mm -hmm. And... Uh, all all of us are gonna play, yeah, yeah. and we're going to bring on some uh, some other special guests to play mm-hmm, with us. Mm-hmm. We are Trey excited.
0: Oh my god, it's gonna be so amazing!
1: So stay tuned, my friends, and everybody. Thank my sister for this lovely opportunity.
0: Thanks, Molly. Thanks, Yay!
1: Molly. <laughs> um, oh
0: my god, I saw the book. I I like almost died. And sobbed and orgasmed all at the same time. <laughs> Which I feel like is the experience of reading a Chuck Tingle book.
1: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. Okay. And I think Chuck Tingle agrees. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So, oh, my God.
0: I'm so excited. There
1: we go. Um,
0: Claire. Yes. What's going on?
1: Oh, my God. Okay. Um, first of all. We want to talk about what we're doing today. I am going to cover the Romance Writers of America sitch.
0: <laughs> you and your dams of briefs.
1: And then uh, you are going to cover the Chuck Tingle
0: book. Yes, I am.
1: Which we're excited about. So let's get to it. All right. So before we get started, a couple of things you should know. I took all of this information from a couple of sources. So mm-hmm. if you want to read up more on this or if you want a lot more specifics than i'm going to provide and like this spe- and by specifics i mean a shit ton of specifics i would say uh go to claire ryan uh, who's an author put together on her blog um a timeline of the implosion of the rwa mm-hmm. and you can read all of that on her on her blog uh and I'll provide links to yeah, all yeah. We'll these put things. links in the so, episode description. Claire Ryan's blog um, again, just look for Claire Ryan, the implosion of RWA. Um, also, another uh, another uh, writer, Lauren Vivanco. Um, she wrote about racism and corporate romance and the corporate romance buyer on her bl- on her blog. Um, also, The Guardian uh, in April two thousand nineteen did a really great long read called. Fifty Shades of, of White, The Long Fight Against Racism in Romance Novels. And that was written by Michelle Thompson. High recommend. Very, very good article. Um, and then the next two w- are more recent, and it's a Vox article about what happened in general to uh, romance publishing's most lucrative genre. Um Anyway, and then Publishers Weekly also did a very short, but a very good write-up that I think the other ones didn't quite do.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, last Over the last week, most of the big outlets have covered this, and honest to God, in a shitty way. Like, mostly it's, it's bad. It's good for Courtney Milan, because I think Courtney looks really good,
2: mm-hmm.
1: but it's bad. Anyway, I've said a lot of things that you don't know, like, what it all means. <laughs> yeah. So... Romance Writers of America. Let's talk about the players. So, I've got to write mm-hmm. up on everybody mm-hmm. who's important that okay. you need to know. First of all, Romance Writers of America. It's a nonprofit organization that was started in 1980 by Vivian Stevens, who's an editor of romance novels, and along with several other authors, including Rita Clay Estrada, who the Rita Awards are mm-hmm. named mm-hmm. after, um, all started this organization in Texas. Um, Oh. Yeah, and in 1980. So it's not that old of an organization in, when you think about like how old the publishing industry in this particular genre is. But one of the things that they fought and that they helped win was that they ensured Harlequin romance novelists were able to keep their pseudonym so their pen name because what harlequin was doing before was ownership of the pen name
2: oh. so that they could have
1: other writers write under that name <gasps> if oh. it was popular scandal and again and also so those writers also weren't keeping the copyright of their book either mm. so this so the RWA fought so that an author could take their pen name with them if they mm-hmm. moved publishers and also they still were able to own the rights to their books mm. if if they wanted like if that yeah. was what they wanted from their contract. Obviously uh-huh. not everybody wants that all the time. But so that's what was what the RWA fought for and that's a big win. Yeah. And in general, just like any other sort of guild, the RWA fights on behalf of its members mm-hmm. against like publishing houses, making sure like payment is fair, making sure contracts are fair. I mean, I the lots of, I'm doing lots of air quotes here because this is a incredibly strange publishing industry mm-hmm. um, I think one of the big problems that some members have had is the RWA hasn't quite kept up with self-publishing and yeah. what that means and how writers get paid or how it works for them so I think like that's kind of a big one but anyway they now hold yearly conferences uh, the Rita Award is kind of the biggest romance award um, and it's really like, it's a stamp of legitimacy, uh, mm-hmm. for you as an author and respected authors have won it yearly conferences, handout awards. They have 9,000 plus members. Wow. Most of whom are published authors. Um, and, and, or if they're, or like they're on their way to being published or they're trying to be, there's like tiers. Mm-hmm. So like low tier, I don't think you have to be published. Um, And then there's like tiers for people who are industry, but not actually published authors. And then there's the higher up the tier, the more you're publishing. Um, This year, the conference was supposed to be held in San Francisco. And actually, Neil and I were thinking about joining um, at a industry level for the the RWA so we could go. And we could have, and, like, a table.
0: And probably have people throw eggs at us.
1: Right, and people throw eggs at us and things like that. <laughs> we were completely sure that was going to happen, too. <laughs> but also, we're both writers. Mm-hmm. And I think we both thought, like, this could be good for both of us. Um, now, the RWA is, like, no stranger to problems. Um, and in recent years, those problems have come up more and more. In 2017, the Rita's, the Rita's were criticized for seemingly to snub some pretty important, like, so Alyssa Cole wrote Extraordinary Union, and that mm-hmm. came out. Um, you and I read it. It was great. So good. one of our favorite books that we've so read for this good. entire podcast. Yeah. Um, it got great reviews in the trades. Mm-hmm. Um, was not nominated for Rita.
0: What? Yeah. <laughs> what?
1: <laughs> right. Uh, and, and so like, uh, and, and I think like the category it would have been nominated was uh, was the short historical. Okay. And only white women were nominated. Um uh. and people threw a fit.
0: Mm-hmm. They're like
1: Alyssa's Cole Cole's books was amazing. Yeah. What what is going on here? Um so there was a little bit of a kerfuffle. That's a lot that's kind of like again, that's after Trump was elected. So in general there's an upheaval and like mm-hmm. everybody's looking at their shit. Yeah. The me too is happening because Trump was elected. Um, Oscar's so white is happening because we're considering that. And so that all happened at the same time. Is it like Rita's so white happening and people are really questioning? Um, and then when RWA looked back, over 18 years of nominees and winners, only 05 percent were black.
2: Goodness. Oh that's insane. Yeah. At this
1: point, I think it's important to note that the founder, Vivian Stevens, is a black woman. Oh, <laughs> And in fact, most of the original authors were black. Oh. <laughs> so a lot of people were starting to feel like what happened was black women s- started the hard work,
0: <laughs> which so the
1: RWA got colonized, and then the RWA got colonized. Mm. So like, and people are starting. We're starting to look in like a, holy shit. It's starting to get really angry, and a couple of there's a couple of news things out about that. The RWA realized they needed to change. They're like, okay, we need to be better at this. And just like the Oscars, like, there was a recognition that this change isn't going to happen overnight.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: But they're going to try. But they're also a bunch of old people who aren't sure how to change. So this change was going to be difficult. Meanwhile, like... It feels like a lot of the criticism was coming from the Twitter sphere, which Mm -hmm. is unfair. And what I'm going to be saying going forward is that the community of, there's a community of vocal authors who talk a lot on Twitter. Mm -hmm. That doesn't take away what they're saying or who they're saying it to or how they're saying it. And that is exceedingly important. We like to diminish things that happen on Twitter as if it's not happening in real life. All those people believe the things they're saying. And if it wasn't for Twitter, the larger world wouldn't hear them mm-hmm. because those comments would stay in chapters, would stay amongst friends, or would be written in letters that would just go upstairs and nobody would hear them out loud. So like, anyway, going forward, I think we also in 2017, Linda Howard, who was a very longtime white member of the RWA, complained out loud on Twitter that um, the organization was focusing too much on diversity for diversity's sake. And fo- focusing a lot on social issues. Oh, yeah. um, peeps were not happy about that.
0: Right. That also kind of, like... It would seem to me, not having read any of her, her work, it would seem that her work does not reflect social issues or diversity. It
1: probably doesn't. But that's I don't, not what she... Right. I don't know. <laughs> like, I don't know. But I would... Uh, I, I don't know. Um, so people were not happy about that
0: sure
2: we're
1: vocal about it. Um, in 2018 and you and I covered this because it was one of my hot and bothered uh, in 2018 Susan Brockman won a lifetime achievement award at the RWA and she was she gave an amazing speech you can look up her speech but what she talks about in general is that white women are fucking the RWA and they're screwing over authors and, they are, cause, and like they are causing the RWA to not be able to move forward. Um, what she was talking about was her son is gay. And when she found this out, she wanted to be as supportive as possible. And she also looked at her work and realized she didn't have any like, gay characters in her work. She wrote a side character who was out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it was given an award the book itself not for the side character the book yeah, yeah, yeah. and so she was going to give a little speech about it mm-hmm. at the at the rwa and she gave the speech and they're like oh uh don't mention that gay character <gasps> Ooh. and she was like w- what they're like yeah. yeah we don't want to upset members some members might be offended
0: uh-huh uh-huh, <laughs>
1: what uh-huh. uh this was in the 80s i think but I can't remember for sure. Mm. So so then when she won this award in...
0: Her uh, Lifetime Achievement Award. Her
1: Lifetime Achievement Award, she, she put it as a letter to her son. Oh! And, and her most recent books have had gay men, like, characters, who mm-hmm. are m- the main characters. Mm-hmm. And she talks about, like, that it took her a long time to write that because the industry wasn't publishing it. And the organization she was a part of, which was supposed to support authors, wasn't supporting her in that either. Mm-hmm. And she, she's like, look around you. If you're a white lady and you're not standing up for LGBTQ rights and you're not standing up for the black authors and the uh, the person of color authors around you, you are failing this genre. And like, she was like, it is an amazing speech and I highly recommend it. And she demanded that the white women of the RWA reexamine their priorities, called them out for their bigotry, hypocrisy, and racism in that speech. It's brilliant. Mm. Um. So that's the RWA and where they are now. Where they are, Courtney Milan. Um. Her uh, is the pen name for a woman named Heidi Bond. Courtney is.
0: I think Heidi Bond is a. Cooler name, but that's it's, a, a it's a very cool
1: name. <laughs> yeah. a good reason she did that though is because she was uh, she was a working attorney at Fact. the time, but she Fact. was uh, when she started publishing, which was only in like 2011. She was also a teacher, uh, a law professor. Mm, um, okay. So I so she needed to keep that. Yeah, 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 sure, 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 for really good reasons. Um, one of the things that in 2017. She also had a busy time. <laughs> um, she talked to the Washington Post along with several other women who clerked for uh, Judge Alex K- uh, Um And all of these women alleged sexual harassment. Mm-hmm. And he had to step down. And that's when she came into sort of the public eye. But it, she had been working on behalf of the RWA as soon as she was a member, like she was working on behalf of marginalized voices in the RWA.
2: Mm
1: -hmm. Um, She's uh, one of her big things was she was doing recruitment efforts to get women of color on the board of directors. And she was publicly calling out publishers for, for excluding black authors. Mm -hmm. So like she's been working since she got into the RWA to talk about women's voices and uh, those voices that have been excluded. Like that's been her main drive. Um, she's only been uh, publishing since 2011, and she's already a New York Times bestselling author. She's got over, like, 30 books. Oh, jeez. Like, she doesn't teach law anymore. <laughs> <laughs> this is her job now. Why
0: teach law when you can write romance?
1: And she started out self-publishing mm-hmm. and, is, and is now, like, I think, published through, you know, houses. So, and then there's Susan Tisdale. Susan Tisdale also published her first book in 2011. Um, And she has also since published about 30 books. She focuses on um, Scottish historical romances. Mm -hmm. Like, that's her main focus. And she started her own publishing company, or... I think... She started her own publishing company called Glenn Finnan Publishing, um, which has also published a couple of romance books. Um so and then there's sue grimshaw sue grimshaw is a romance editor and was and maybe still does sometimes is a corporate ac- acquisitions buyer for major national book chains so mm. like borders you know what's that <laughs> which doesn't exist anymore like i don't know barnes and noble or what's that a bookstore oh okay <laughs> <laughs> big bookstore chain sure sure um, somebody had said somewhere on social that she also worked for Kmart at one point but mm-hmm. then it doesn't look like she did so there's a little bit of but anyway mm-hmm. that's what she does
2: okay
1: um, and her work in the industry was recognized in 2008 by the RWA mm-hmm. like she was given an industry award for what she does when she won that award in 2008 the comments were immediate that that She, in her role as gatekeeper, um, has not helped marginalized voices. One of the big things is Barnes & Noble and Borders, and I don't know if they still do this, but did at the time, and you could see it, a lot of, they have their wall of romance books. Mm Mm-hmm. And you have to look real careful for the POC covers. Mm-hmm. It's hard to find.
0: Yeah, or you have to go to the like you, black author section, and
1: that's and yeah. that was and that was specifically what they were talking about. You have to go to the black author section to look for those romance novels, mm-hmm. and of course, that means you can't find them on accident. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like if you're just looking for shit, you can't find it, um, and. Uh, it also means, like, they want... It's a segregation of, of mm-hmm. sorts. Obviously, like, maybe that is what you want more. And you want to be able to find it quickly. Yeah. Fine. But it's problematic, to yeah. say the least. Um, and so she was working for a publishing house and for the bookstore that did that kind of thing. So people were calling her out on that. Um. Uh. So that was kind of one of the big things. She eventually became an acquisitions editor, same sort of thing, but for Glenfinnan Publishing. Mm-hmm. So she worked. She started working with Susan Tilsdale. or uh, Tisdale, Tisdale. Next person, Karen Lynn Davis.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it just it just keeps going. I know. There's only two more. Okay, great.
1: Karen Lynn Davis is a romance author uh, who writes predominantly. Scottish romance. Mm-hmm,
0: <laughs> um,
1: mm-hmm. She's been publishing for a long time. She's been publishing since the 80s. Okay. Um, and Neil, you might uh, be warmed inside to know that she is from Riverside.
0: Oh, my God. <laughs>
1: okay. Uh, you might not be warmed later. Um, Gra-
0: of course. Of course.
1: Uh, she's also one of the authors that was eventually published by Glenfinnan Publishing.
0: Oh, okay, okay. Okay. And now
1: you know a little bit about Glenn and Publishing as well. Sure, I don't Sure, that. sure, sure. Damon Swade. Ah. <laughs> Damon <laughs> is a romance Swede. author and an RWA member who's risen in the ranks and most recently was president of the board. Mm-hmm. For a long time he was like president elect and honest to god looking over like all of this stuff I was having a very hard time figuring out who's president when and why. (laughs) It seemed like Damon was like president elect for like fucking ever. And then I don't know how people are voted in or how they get that position. I just don't understand. Mm hmm. Look, if anybody else gets it, that's fine, but in all the things I read, I couldn't figure that out. And I didn't want to look up like their bylaws. Sure. <laughs> Sorry, I just I didn't I didn't care that much. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, what's important to know is he was he's been higher in the ranks for a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, he writes male male gay romance. Is gay himself. Um, I'm not sure if he's the first gay man to head the RWA, and he only did it for two weeks. But
0: <laughs> oh, oh, <laughs> wow. spoilers! Bum, bum.
1: <laughs> but so, I mean, it, it would seem to me that that would be seen as a step forward, mm-hmm. especially for an organization that only two years ago was called out for their um, bigotry. Yeah. So, like, I feel like like it feels like from the outside like no it's a good thing you have Mm -hmm. a gay man who's the head of the rwa hooray and mostly self-published yeah hooray moving forward except it seems like he is a bitch
0: yay (laughs)
1: um but um so it could have been a win for diversity so but in the guardian article i read uh at one point he is talking about brockman's speech Mm -hmm. and at the time that he was getting it like he was looking at his phone, and it was just his email was blowing up mm-hmm. from people who were messaging him about how pissed they were about that speech, about how they were upset that she was saying these things, and how they she felt they felt like it was too much, like um, like this kind of culture wasn't what they wanted. In why not just write romance? Why should we care about this? Like or why is she targeting white women?
0: Um, Why should we care about things when we can just absorb art? No, that's not how art works.
1: Right. Quick and, question. yes. Do you know what the breakdown of male female members? No. Are? Okay. I don't. I'm assuming like it's actually a large percentage women.
0: Yeah. yeah. Small I assume percentage it's male. excuse heavily um, female.
1: Yeah. So, but I think and these were from a lot of white members, and I'm sure that, you know, I'm sure that this has. Uh, but I'm sure they also emailed him, not just because he was higher up in the ranks, but because I think they felt comfortable emailing him. Mm. He is a white man. Um, so e- even though, like, a lot of those people maybe weren't happy that he was gay, were happy that he was white. I'm just going to say that. Um <sighs> he did also talk a lot about how the hopes like that he did want to change the organization he did understand that there wasn't enough representation of women of color in the organization they didn't have enough of a voice and he did want to make sure that happened Mm -hmm. so that's where we are (laughs) those are all the players in this particular drama any questions so far do we feel more comfortable? Do we? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: I'm going to need, I'm going to, everyone involved with that publishing firm, I might be like, wait, is she the lawyer or the writer or the editor? You might have to just right. remind me. Right, 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 right. right. G- what is it? Glenn Finnan? Glenn Finnan. Glenn Finnan. Okay.
1: Because they're all into Scottish stuff. Yeah. So is Glen Finnan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'm sure I'm saying it wrong. I'm sure there's a lot more sounds. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, everybody. You don't get perfection.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> all
0: right. Okay.
1: In August yes. of 2019, vocal members of the romance community writing uh, who were writing on Twitter started to notice and to address that it seemed like Sue Grimshaw, our, who was the corporate buyer,
2: uh-huh. and
1: had a little bit of a pattern of liking a lot of certain tweets. So liking a lot of Donald Trump's tweets, oh. liking a lot of oh. pro-ice tweets tweets. Oh, uh, Liking a lot of like Fox News things. Uh-huh. Those sorts of stuff. <laughs> things that called like Elizabeth Warren a hate monger. Jesus. Christ! <laughs> so, I'm
0: so glad you're here, Christine.
1: <laughs> so like they just sort of started to notice a pattern that that's what she liked. And they started talking about it. Um it's Nobody says it's not okay to like a thing that you like, whatever. It's also not okay. It's also fine to talk about it. Like, it's all, it's all public information. Yeah. So, they started talking about it. Um, several of them have saved screenshots because she st- did start deleting and unliking a lot of those tweets after she's being called out on it.
2: Oh. Which means
1: she knows that people weren't happy about it and she wasn't willing to stand up for it. But what whatevs. <laughs> um, so... Um One of the publishing imprints that did that did have her on staff, uh, I think it was called Jack's house, thought it was a good idea to part ways with Sue Grimshaw <laughs> rather than get messed up in this particular situation. Mm-hmm. Like it was just easier to let her go than to be a part of this whole mess. Um, and so that became public knowledge. So now, but Grimshaw publicly worked with Glenn Finnan and susan Tilsdale, who tillsdale who is like the ran that and was a big Mm -hmm. part of it felt the need to address this publicly that she wasn't going to fire or let go of her friend Mm -hmm. and that they were going to continue on with their relationship now if she had just said that i think people would have been like well but fine no 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 oh no (laughs) she went on the internet uh-huh. In a video. Oh <laughs> yeah. My and talked for a hell of a long time. <laughs> was it like a Kevin Spacey video? No, she wasn't cray-cray. <laughs> um, <laughs> it it sounds like it could have been. She, yeah. But she was absolutely, like... <laughs> She was absolutely like, people can like what they like. So she's a conservative Christian. That doesn't mean she's what, like, wants to call for, like, you know, the Holocaust or something.
2: Oh, my God. Way
1: extreme and very strange. But she kept saying over and over that the only thing she that everybody was upset because she liked one tweet by Diamond and Silk. Oh, and if anybody like Diamond and Silk, Gosh, I'm going to let worst. you look it up. I'm not going to, you know, but uh, importantly, like there are two black women conservative who talk a lot about their opinions and are on Fox News a lot. So she kept pointing to that. And a lot of black authors were like, she just keeps talking about she's like, it's almost as if she's saying over and over, my friend Sue Grimshaw cannot be racist because she liked the tweet of a black person see and so a lot of black authors were like "Um, fuck this lady Um, but she kept going on and on in this like it's a long video Um, my favorite quote from this video is it's not up to me or anyone else to tell anyone how they should live their lives unless they're hurting children or calling for the annihilation of a race or group of people that's where I draw the line those idiots can flip and bite me so she draws the line at a at
0: a genocide, a, at genocide, but and child abuse.
1: Everything before that is fine. Yeah. Yeah.
0: But yep. can we can we just acknowledge the phrase "flip and bite me"? I don't know that right. great. <laughs> <laughs> Where well, you can just flip and bite me. <laughs> I don't know what it means, but I kind of love it.
1: <laughs> I know, I I do too. But like, ugh. So
0: right, but yeah, and it's just like okay, we know what we're dealing with when you draw the line at. Genocide. (laughs) Anything before that, cool. It's fine. It's fine.
1: It's an opinion. You can murder a whole bunch of people as long as it's not like the same, the
0: same group. Yeah. Sure. 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 Yeah. But that's also like, oh, institutionalized racism. That's fine. Harassment. That's fine. Exclusion. That's fine. As long as you're not committing genocide. (laughs) Yeah. Okay.
1: Yeah, so if anybody... So uh, one of the links that I, that I have uh, goes to a transcript, so you don't have to watch the video. You can just read what she says. Mm-hmm. But it's also got a link to the video if you want to see this blonde can you, Karen person can like you describe,
0: Can you describe her hair to me?
1: Um, <laughs> How big do you
0: think it is? <laughs> Good. That's what I needed to know.
1: Is it, is it blonde? Yeah. Natural blonde. No. Okay. <laughs> Uh, have, I mean, maybe it was at one point, but it is yeah, not now.
0: The, is is the,
1: it platinum blonde? Uh, I'd say honey platinum-y. Okay. okay.
0: Is there the big like single roller 80s curl? No, oh, I don't okay. think so. But okay. I'm
1: positive she used to have that. Sure. But I would also say I have not spent that much time looking at her.
0: Okay. <laughs> I just feel like there are certain hairstyles that you know exactly what you need to know about that person just by looking at their hair
1: i'm pretty sure we all get it
0: okay yeah yeah, yeah.
1: um so anyway so her impassioned plea on behalf of her friend was immediately rejected by most of the community on twitter they yeah. were like uh no Hey, I- um, also, you know, like it's her friend, but, but also her employee, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I'm not sure like if they both bought into the company. Okay. So like. They I, might be partners I, legally. Yeah. Okay. I'm unsure
0: what they're. At. But it's not like, gay partners. No, no. Right. No, 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 no,
1: no. No, 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 One of the things that she did talk about at length was also the submission process to Glenn and Publishing and mm-hmm. the kind of things that they published. And mm-hmm. they haven't published that many things so it's sure so she could easily say like we started this because we wanted to publish the works of our friends which is fine that's legit everybody does that yeah um but instead she's like no 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 we would totally publish books by gay authors like it just has to be really good uh we would totally publish books by black authors like but we wouldn't even know that because it's blind submissions i'm like what the fuck is wrong with you (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'm going to have to say, you haven't published any books with black characters. Mm. Yeah. So like, um, I'm just going to throw this out there. That's not blind. (laughs) (laughs) You can tell when you read this, when you read the manuscript. Yeah. So, uh, that's not an argument. Um, and again, fine. We've published 10 books and they were all by white women. Uh, we'll try to do better in the future is a perfectly legitimate response. Yep. Sure, sure, sure. Or say nothing. Mm-hmm. Novel. <laughs> what you should have said
0: was, was nothing. nothing.
1: <laughs> anyway, it's it is it is an amazingly egotistically insane response, and I highly recommend it. Also, how long is this video? Um, I don't know how long the video is because I didn't watch it. Oh, okay. But it was, the transcript leads me to believe it was at least eight minutes. Is
0: it on the uh, YouTube? Oh, my
1: God. No. Oh. Because uh, it was alive at the time. Again, okay. I'll, I'll post links to links to links. Okay.
0: What, what is the name again?
1: Oh, uh, it's uh, Tisdale.
0: Su- Susan Tisdale?
1: No, no, no. She's, nope. uh, it's, um, oh, yeah, it's Susan okay. with Susan Tisdale. Okay sorry sue grimshaw and susan timsdale so many s's sue and sue 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 susan
0: tisdale
1: and i do believe since this all has come out like glenn finnan really isn't doing anything anymore like it's not like like this all this implosion also kind of Grabbed up blood, and fit it in finish.
0: Susan Tisdale, as I'm googling it right now, has several. I write my own books.
1: Yes. Videos. Oh, oh, right. Well, and you know, you remember when that all happened. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, anyway, oh, just the plagiarism. The thing? plagiarism. Right. Thing. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. With um, Santino Hassel. Yeah. Uh, no. Well,
1: he was part of it. Okay. But yeah, uh, well, I think that all hey. happened at the same time. It doesn't matter. No, because it, it was the woman from port from Brazil. Yep. Right. Anyway, blah, 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 blah. Um, one of the most vocal respondents to the video, and in general, most of these things have, most of the, the conversation having to do with um, race and women of color, uh, people of color, I should say, in the writing industry, has always been Courtney Milan. Courtney Milan as... Uh, like she's the head of the ethics committee for RWA, um, and she's been on, and she's on the board, and she's been working very hard on behalf of people of color who are authors. So she's always been very vocal. She's a popular writer too, so she has a big following. And she was very vocal about this. She was vocal about what was going on with Sue Grimshaw. She was vocal about what was happening with Tisdale when the video came out. Like, there was a lot of stuff going on. And as soon as those things all came out, she started to look more into Glenn Finn in publishing as well. And so one of the things she ended up looking at was Karen Lynn Davis's books. <laughs> and she was like, hmm, not great. But I'll get back to that in a little bit. Uh, oh, no, I'll go right now. So one of the most vocal respondents and has always been because uh, she, she stands up for authors of color is Courtney Milan. Um, and she responded to Grimshaw's things. She's responded to Tisdale's things. And then she looked into Glenn and Publishing's authors. And one of them was Catherine Lynn Davis, um, who wrote a book in the 1990s, I think 1999, called Somewhere Lies the Moon, which is a shame because that's a very cool title. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, Milan called the book a racist mess. <laughs> and in most of, the, most of the coverage of this particular RWA implosion, that's how most of the coverage starts. Mm-hmm. With like, Courtney Milan called this one author's book a racist mess. And then everything went crazy. Mm, okay. this, that's not where I started because that's not where this started. Mm-hmm. Like it started with all of these other things and this like growing concern about the RWA, the bigotry, the racism, the homophobia, things that are happening inside of it. And then it just sort of started to explode um, with authors and people calling it out as they see it on Twitter and in other spheres. Um, So, Milan's looking into the publishing company and the things that they're publishing. They republished Somewhere Lies the Moon, and she read it. It's about three half-siblings who were fathered by um, a diplomat from the UK who fathered a child in Scotland, in China, and in India. Oh, God. (laughs) Um, gotta, you gotta diversify that scene, right? That's, that's I know. Uh, Milan, who's a Chinese American author herself, was like, "What the fuck is this?" <laughs> was not pleased, and she wrote on Twitter like <laughs> a lot of uh, like she she posted pictures like uh, from the book mm-hmm. and was like, "Can you fucking believe this shit?" Um, most of it having to do with the the Chinese character and that. But just in general, like it was just full of racist tropes. And that book was published originally like in the In nineteen ninety nine. Oh. And then it was republished um by Glenn finnan Publishing. Okay. So it was just Milan pointing out, like, that this is the type of shit this the racist publishing house is publishing. Mm-hmm. Here's two racist white ladies standing by their racism and they publish racist stuff Mm -hmm. is basically what she was saying. Mm -hmm. Um, So Tisdale filed an ethics complaint to the RWA against Courtney Milan, saying Milan's comments had hurt her business, that her behavior on Twitter towards her had been bullying, that she made authors afraid to work with her and her company uh, because they, for fear of inciting Milan's wrath and that Milan, during her tenure at the RWA and on the ethics board, which was ongoing, um, had put through um, an exclusion of ethics, like had like put through like a law or a rule that said like Twitter was sort of excluded from some of the ethics concerns, mm-hmm. and in part so that she herself could continue bullying people on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Um, after she had, after Milan had said what she said about. Carolyn Davis's book, Catherine Davis also um, put also like you know put through like an ethics concern about Milan, and so like that was like a big deal. Quick question: mm-hmm. Did I read that Milan? she's a writer for the new york times but she that- ha- she has written for the new york times she's a best she's a best she's a new york times best-selling author oh so but i think was she like, did like and yeah she might have done like a short piece or something so these comments where she was talking about the what was it about the moon yeah the somewhere somewhere like li- that wasn't in the new york times nope okay
0: that nope. was on her twitter it was on
1: her twitter oh okay okay yep. Um, So, the board of directors reviewed the ethics committee rules and found against Milan. And uh, the president elect at the time, his name name is Damon Swade.
0: Damon Swade.
1: (laughs) And uh, he and the board imposed a punishment of one year uh, suspension and a lifetime ban on holding any leadership positions. Uh, Really? Yeah.
0: That's intense. That's
1: extreme. Alyssa Cole, uh, who is a prominent author and um, is on the board of directors, um, broke the news on Twitter. Uh Uh-huh. And the way she broke it was like, Courtney Milan has stood up for so many women throughout her tenure here. It's time for us to stand up for her. And this is what's happening. She's not talking about it because she doesn't want to draw attention to it. But we need to know. Mm Mm-hmm. And it just shit hit the goddamn fan. Mm-hmm. People were done. The reaction was, like, immediate and huge. Um, and, like, it blew up. The RWA sent an email to members who were writing in to the RWA, specifically demanding an explanation that the RWA was standing by its decision. So they just doubled down. That email went out. And there was another explosion on Twitter of people being, like, fucking confounded by what the RWA mm-hmm. was doing. Um so there were people started posting pictures of themselves canceling their memberships and um throwing away their awards
0: (gasps) oh gosh
1: like this was like and and it just started to like get bigger and bigger um and then other things started to come out so notice this was an ethics complaint Mm -hmm. and courtney milan is the head of the ethics committee
2: Mm -hmm.
1: how did this happen without it without her knowing or seeing it well that's because when damon Swade got these complaints he withheld them and held on to them until a board meeting at which point he was able to put through a rule that he could create another ethics board if that ethics board needed to look review the current ethics board and he could do it in secret and he could do it with secret members <laughs> nothing screams ethics like a secret ethics board
0: <laughs> secret ethics board good right.
1: secret ethics. yeah <laughs> so he puts through those rules i feel like
0: that's a good name for a punk band secret yes. ethics board
1: <laughs> at which point then those complaints were given to that secret ethics. the secret board. ethics board uh what then the S.E.B. for sure right What then they also found out so was that that panel which was reviewing the complaints so the real ethics board never saw these complaints (sighs) and they didn't know they didn't know this was happening the secret ethics board reviewed there was like four main allegations against courtney milan Mm -hmm. and they were like uh three of them don't matter and are fine one of them. So she was actually only found to be in violation of one of the rules by the secret ethics by board. By the, se- the secret one. Now I know this is very like picky, but was there overlap between the secret ethics board and the actual ethics board? I don't even know. What I know, I don't that. know. Like secret? I don't know all the members yeah. of either board. So I don't know. I can't say. Because
0: one of them is a secret.
1: Yeah. And and it also seems like... Everybody gets scooped on ethics board? Even if there was overlap, I think he had made sure that it was secret and they were on board with it being secret. And that it was, uh, like, gerrymandered. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. And even then, they still only, like, one-on-one count. Mm
2: -hmm. And I don't
1: want to say counts because none of these are laws. But, like, so it was only one thing that they found her to have a problem on. Mm -hmm. And they still impose that crazy sanction. Um, Upon finding this out, members began resigning from not just the organization, but like, we're like, oh, fuck the Rita's. I'm pulling my book from consideration from that. Or I'm dropping out as a judge. Oh, boy. Or, like, all kinds of things.
0: Oh, jeez. Wow.
1: Um, at this point, revelations about Damon Suede himself started coming out.
0: Oh, I'm excited oh, for this here part. here we go. <laughs> um,
1: many accuse Suede of lying about members to each other. Like, telling... Like
0: Mingrel style? Uh-huh. Uh-huh.
1: Like, he would tell some people, you know, Courtney, she hates you. <gasps> oh, my God. And burn then, And then he would tell Courtney things like, I don't <laughs> know why people Suede. are upset at you. We read
0: Damon Swade's burn book. Yeah. It was about those firefighters. Yes. <laughs> <laughs>
2: um,
1: and so then a lot of people being like, oh, and he's like, oh, girl, I don't know why they hate you. And then other people going, oh, that girl hates you. Like. Uh, to a lot of authors, to each other about a lot of things. Um,
0: I'm not surprised he he's would, a mean girl, to be perfectly fine. Yeah, funny. and he,
1: like a mean girl, he would flatter some people and then turn around and like slap them for something. Like That's not the ugliest,
0: fugliest f- fuggliest, uh, fuggliest skirt I've ever seen. Sorry, I <laughs> fucked it up. It's from the movie.
1: <laughs> um, so, and, and here's the thing, he even lied about knowing the real identity of Chuck Tingle. <gasps> <gasps> oh, no! No! <laughs> <laughs> Which we talked about. Yes. In the podcast. We yes. Were like, oh, he knows who Chuck Tingle is. We specifically pointed it out. Yes. Uh,. It is a lie. <gasps> oh,
0: oh my, my god. god! Black is white, up is down. I don't know anything it's anymore.
1: Trade. Yes. Uh, and it seems like he told multiple lies about why there needed to be a secret committee, and even who was on it to the to different people. <gasps> uh, further uh, fallout led to people believe he l- believed he lied on his resume to get into the RWA uh, that he uh, claimed to have written books that didn't exist. <gasps>
0: um, and That's that, so easily, you can easily find that out, though. But that
1: right. was one of the things that you talked about, too, about the play that he won that Yeah, award.
0: and it was impossible to find out yeah. who he really is, so you couldn't right? find the...
2: <gasps> oh,
0: oh, my oh. God! Uh,
1: yeah, I literally do not know anything about this man anymore. Um, oh, my God. He might be here right now.
0: Bum, he bum, might be bum. in this room.
1: Oh, my God. Um, it's
0: the ghost cat. <gasps> it is. Christine has a ghost cat, listener. It's
1: true. And then people started, like, looking into his books themselves. I mm-hmm. mean, like, if we could look into Catherine Lynn Davis's book, mm-hmm. uh, Why Not Damon Swade's And the one that they pulled was the firefighter bug. Oh! No! And...
0: We always seem to accidentally get caught up in these things. <gasps>
1: oh, my God. And so... And now... Listeners, obviously, that comes out next time, and so yeah, yeah, yeah. you haven't heard that yet. But we also pointed it out that there were multiple instances of racism in that book. Yes, like straight up, like the way the firefighters talk to each other. Uh, remember the uh, the scene in the alley. Uh huh. And like. Okay. Can you refresh me on this a little bit? Because I don't remember which one was no, which it, of the firefighters. It did went. kind of seem like a lot of the firefighters in the book were talking the way you expect tough guy New York firefighters to talk, mm-hmm. which is using racial slurs
2: mm. and
1: homophobic slurs mm-hmm. and things like that. And it, it it seemed like and a lot of the, the quote unquote bad guy ones were the ones who were saying it the most, but our good guy character said it too. Mm-hmm. And there was a lot of association with race with who a type who a person was, mm-hmm.
0: like that's how that person was described. Like, yes. Oh, and then a Vietnamese man walked by. Yep. And it's just like I I didn't what
1: in, in a way that was unnecessary. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. When he finds the guy and because uh, there's a moment where he goes into a back alley and there's a young man who he. First thinks he's maybe being raped, but then it's like, no, 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 he's just having super rough sex in the Mm -hmm. alley. Um, And he describes the other people around him as uh, dark and (laughs) swarthy, Mm -hmm. which we didn't cover specifically, but other authors have on Twitter. Mm -hmm. So And people were immediately like, ooh, ah, and he's a problematic, Mm -hmm. and... Because it seems like he lied on his resume, like he may have written more books and have them under copyright. They just haven't been published, or they were self-published in a way that they're not on Amazon or something, which is entirely possible. But he hasn't actually published enough to be board president, <gasps> according to the rules and ethics what? of the
0: RWA. Oh my gosh! <laughs> yeah.
1: Um, and now again, like the RWA works on genre. So like yeah. if you've published a shit ton of mystery novels. Good for you. But Those if you've only count. published two romance novels, mm-hmm. so he's published other works, um, wow. other things, but these they don't plays count.
0: apparently these uh, Yeah. Who knows?
1: Well, maybe. Yeah. I, so it's, uh, so that's all very strange.
0: Oh my goodness.
1: Um, so he's very fake it till you break it. Yeah. <laughs> most distressingly this particular accusation is one that I find the worst Um, several authors LGBTQ authors were saying that they weren't getting paid by a certain publisher and when that happens they talk to the RWA about it and the RWA often stands up Mm -hmm. for those authors and tries to like put a little bit of pressure on that publisher Mm -hmm. Um, but a bunch of these authors were noticing that wasn't really happening Mm -hmm. and it was sort of being slow rolled and they didn't know why after all, they were talking to Damon Swade, who is himself an LGBTQ writer, except that he had a relationship with that publishing house. <gasps> and it looked like it was monetary and so maybe he was favoring the publishing house over the authors. <laughs> Ooh. Uh, uh, yeah. So this all comes out. The RWA changes its mind about suspending Milan. Mm-hmm. Um but more or less doubled down on everything else.
0: Sure, sure, sure. Uh,
1: more and more members uh, either quit or left. Uh, Davis, Catherine Lynn Davis, retracted her complaint. Okay. Um, and said, and has since spoken out in every media outlet that will talk to her, which is anyone, all of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, that the RWA and Swade in particular had asked them, so meaning herself and the rest of Glenfinn and Publishing to file those complaints
2: <gasps>
1: mm-hmm. that they themselves were not the initiates of those complaints that it was the RWA and Damon Swade who was like you should file a complaint who so wanted to I, set up his
0: secret ethics board right mm. I read this
1: part in the Guardian I mm-hmm. think and I had no idea of the backstory of it so I was like I feel like I should, like, understand why it's such a big deal that they asked them to file the complaint. Now I get it. Yeah. Now I get it. Well,
0: it's also, like, it's always kind of weird for an organization to be like, oh, hey, can you file this complaint against another member?
1: Well, I mean sometimes yes and sometimes no. Like if you've like I've been in places where it's like we have a history of not addressing these, so like we need somebody to actually formally do it. Mm-hmm. So like I've I've seen that situation where it's yeah, like yeah, yeah. can you yeah. just formally do it, which is kind of what I assumed was the situation. It was mm-hmm. like, we have we have a problem with this and not addressing it as an organization. We have this formal process, but nobody believes in the process. So yeah. we need kind of like a pioneer almost to file, like go yeah. through the formal process. And I thought that's what was. So
0: what, so what probably not. happened, I mean, me just inferring, allegedly, uh, I'm alleging that. Um, I'm sure Catherine Lynn Davis Davis was just in a, Casual off the record conversation with Damon Sway. It's just and, like, oh, can you believe pissed. this? Can you believe like, this? Yeah, i being upset. Can you upset. believe I'm being
1: called a racist?
0: And then him, he was probably just like, oh, you should file a complaint.
1: That's what I assume too. Yeah, but if like it, it sounds more and more like he wanted Courtney Milan out. Yeah. I, and what's also possible is that it's quite possible that courtney was going to start maneuvering herself into a position where she was going to run for board president mm-hmm. again uh, i am completely unsure on how any of those things work at the top of this organization and it seems crazy nutso pants <laughs> but it's absolutely probable that's what she was doing mm-hmm. and he had already positioned himself to yeah. do that
0: as president-elect for However forever, many or, years.
1: Or short time. Who knows? Who knows? So wow. um so so at that point, a bunch of the RWA chapters around the country started posting letters and responses going like, Well, this shit's shit. This sucks. We don't stand by this. Mm-hmm. Like there was a lot who were coming out saying that. Um, and then high, like high no- notable authors like Nora Roberts were coming out and saying they were they they stood on behalf of Courtney Milan. Mm-hmm. So like big things. And Nora Nora Roberts spoke out. That was that was the end. Like yeah. that was that was sure. pretty much it. She says that, and publishers dropped like flies out of the conference, like. Because, you know, they, of course, that's where the money comes in mm-hmm. for support for something like that. And they want that, too, because nobody buys more romance novels than romance novel writers. So, <laughs> <laughs> so they were so and like looking over the list of publishing companies dropping out within three days, like it's like all of them. Every single one of them. Like when uh, Harlequin was one of the first to drop out. And when it dropped out, it was just like everybody else was like, fuck this shit. Right.
0: Because Harlequin is. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So Harlequin, Avon, Berkeley, they were out. Everybody else was out too. Jeez. So it was like, done, done, done. Um, like a, a lot of chapters that ha- that were going to have Damon Swade as the president come in and either like give a class or give a speech or something. Dropped him. Didn't want it to happen. Um, there was petitions going around for him and, um, Carol Ritter, who is the executive director, like, I don't, I don't know how this company works, but <laughs> to also, to, to resign. Mm-hmm. Um, the readers were canceled because there wasn't anything to like, they were losing.
0: They had uh, nothing to nominate uh, yeah, anymore. They,
1: they were having, they, they didn't know what they were going to nominate that who was going to read those books. Like, that, that was over. Um, mm-hmm. There weren't enough judges. Uh, with the organization in as much disarray and everything that went down, the, after all those big publishers left and the convention was obviously, if it was going to exist, wasn't going to exist the way it was, Damon Swade and Carol Ritter quit. And they resigned. And that happened Thursday. <laughs> Jeez. Oh. <laughs> Very decent. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. I bet you there's going to be a lawsuit. Um, well, and Courtney Milan and many other people like to point out that a shit ton of romance novel writers are lawyers. Yeah. Courtney yeah. Milan, not only did she clerk for that one judge, uh, she's clerked for several of the Supreme Court justices.
0: Oh, good. What?
1: The ones who are there now.
0: <laughs> <laughs> huh? what? um, what's it? we read one of the one of the fake date? Uh huh. Books. She was a lawyer, yep. right? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um. Jasmine Guillory. Jasmine Guillory. She's a lawyer. Um. Mo- oh, so many are. Well, so many. Are. Wow. Isn't Stacey Abrams. Yep. Stacey Abrams, uh, who is, yes, w- whose book we haven't read yet, but absolutely mm-hmm. should. Um, yeah, she's obviously a huge political figure right now. Um, but she's a, a lawyer. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. So, I wonder why that is. Um, my theory is because as, a, as an attorney, as a lawyer, you spend a shit ton of time reading and writing. And your mind just goes, I need to write something else. Mm. And you're like... You know what, I, I just want to go into a happy place for a little bit. What if these two people smashed faces?
2: Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and so you're, like, working on your brief, and then you just, like, save that doc, open up a blank one, and go, Jeremy was hot. <laughs> <laughs> and I like to see his body. <laughs> and then you're like, oh, yeah. <laughs> I'd like to see his amicus brief. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) But for the same, and also like these, like, uh, attorneys are researchers. Like, they're Mm -hmm. very good at that and Mm -hmm. they enjoy the hell out of it. So, Mm -hmm. and, like, a lot of attorneys do seem to be, um, not all, not all of them, but like, they tend to veer towards the historical romance, but I think that's because they love rules. And (laughs) historical (laughs) romance needs rules to survive. So many rules. Um, Whereas I think the ones who are like the literature majors Mm -hmm. who are getting their doctorate in some sort of literature or English Mm -hmm. degree love fairy tale romances. Oh yeah. (laughs) So I think they like, is, is it fairies? Is it princesses from strange worlds? 100%. That's what they're writing. So, that's my theory on that. But so, anyway. Oh my gosh. That is what's a-going down.
0: That's nuts. And, of course, by the time this episode comes out, something else will have happened. Right.
1: Something else will have happened. Oh. Um,
0: the the Claire something that she's constructing the timeline. Has she Ryan, been updating it? Yes. Okay. So, we'll put a link to that. Yep. So, even as this episode comes out, you can check that out and see what else has happened. And hers is,
1: like, the most incredible one. Yeah. Again, like... I mean, you can read the New York Times, the NPR, Vox, all of those. Like, they all did write-ups on what was going on. Mm-hmm. But all of them are just... just I, I was just so fucking pissed reading them. Because some Were really of them dismissive? are like... Oh, my God. Can you believe these bodice rippers are having this weird race problem? Mm-hmm. Or, like... Uh, guys... You may not be paying attention, but, like, romance stuff is getting weird for a sec. Like, and that's all, like, like, the NPR bit was, like, teensy and said Mm -hmm. nothing. Um, And again, all of them start with, it all started when Courtney Milan said on Twitter that this one book was a racist mess. But, But that's not where it started. No, And it's really important that people understand that's not where this started. It started... It didn't start.
0: It's it started been, with patriarchy and institutionalized racism.
1: Right. Yeah, yeah. I, I have to strongly agree as somebody <laughs>
2: like... I mean, as
1: somebody who's like an outsider to this, and like I read that recent Guardian article, who which was good coverage. I didn't feel that it was like um, belittling it at all, but it did absolutely, in my head, start with the oh, well, she called this book mm-hmm. racist. Because it framed it like... Oh, there they go again, like looking for trouble, just digging in the past. Oh, something she said—it's that argument where it's mm-hmm. it's yeah. such a non-starter. No, and it's- but it's like she wasn't looking; it was already an ongoing conversation, right. and like she just like pointed it out. Like, and I would recommend everybody read the April 2019 Guardian Fifty Shades of White. Um, that like that writer Michelle Thompson really got into. The weeds with the writers. Like, one of my favorite sections is she goes to uh, one of the chapters in, I think, North Carolina. I could be wrong, and I apologize. Um, but so she went to one of the chapters there and kind of listened to what they were talking to just in the chapter. And it was, like, small. I don't know. But it was, like, mostly white women. And a lot of them had, like, differing opinions. Like, some were like, you know, we understand that race is a big issue that we're all talking about it right now. And of course we want more diversity, but if, if a black author doesn't want to be a part of the group that's on them, that's not on us, which is obviously not true, but, um, the, then somebody else would say, no, it is on us. What is your problem? Like in that conversation. And so like there was a conversation with it happening and also a recognition that there used to be more black authors in that room. And they just weren't there right now. And a bunch of these white authors didn't understand why. They thought they hadn't changed. Um, So then, uh, Michelle Thompson goes out and she finds one of those authors that used to be in that room.
2: Mm
0: -hmm.
1: One of the interesting things is in that room at the chapter meeting, one of those authors who was in her 70s was talking about getting a book published. She hadn't had a lot of books published. She wasn't a big author. But everybody's very excited, and she had a lot of... There was a lot of people who were excited for her. So Michelle Thompson then goes out to see this black writer who used to be a member of the group and wasn't anymore. But she was a huge author. Like, she'd had, like, multiple books published. She was working with Harlequin at that moment. She had a book or two on the New York Times bestsellers list. So she was were, you know, arguably, obviously, without even, like, the uh, Michelle saying it, like, a valuable person to have had in that room mm-hmm. to even talk to that author who was getting published and to help her figure out what was going on. But she herself said at the time that Trump was elected in 2016, sh- it started to become obvious, like, in the lead up to that and then that the room was getting scarier, that people didn't want to talk about politics unless you were going to talk about certain things and that she wanted to talk more about black voices and that that just wasn't a welcome conversation in the room. And she felt like it wasn't welcome. Um, It follows like, and she talks about also being in the room when, um, when Brockman gave her big speech at the RWA and how good she felt and how it felt like this is like somebody's finally saying it out loud but then also watching the white authors around her and that one woman who was doing so well, like, cheer, but also cheer because they knew if they didn't, it looked racist, mm. <sighs> but weren't actually happy. Whereas she and a lot of the other black authors were like, finally, someone's fucking saying these things. So, like, it's an incredible article really worth reading and it very much gets into the weeds and I really do feel like um, it is one of like the things that started a lot of other things in motion not this article but the things in the article and that people at the top of the RWA were tired of hearing it and wanted it to go away and just wanted to talk about kissing again and wanted Courtney Milan out so that maybe they saw her as the epicenter of the of people being unhappy, and wanted it to be smooth sailing again. Yeah. And that's my opinion, and that's Goodness. that's everything.
0: That's nuts. Wow. Wow. Man. Yeah.
1: Now, I might be very wrong about this, but was. Damon swayed that firefighter one. Was that the one where he slept in the condom? No. Okay. No.
0: That was a lumberjack.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and he's okay. Confusing. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I don't know if that <laughs> that's okay. I just wanted to yeah, say it, to <laughs> it <laughs> out loud. I thought it was funny.
2: I'm a funny person. <laughs> I feel jokes from other people. Yeah.
0: <laughs> this was the, mm. it was, I'm, we'll get into it more in the next episode, but it's the, the, the one it's the two guys and one of them had to pay the bills starts doing porn. Yes yeah. okay. Yeah. Yeah. Now I
1: remember. Yeah. Peek behind the curtain. Like we've obviously recorded that episode, it just hasn't come out yet. It just hasn't
0: come <laughs> out. We had to interrupt our our feed with this like breaking yeah, yeah, news yeah. story. Goodness.
1: Anyway, let's let's talk about Chuck Tingle. <laughs>
0: Hello listeners, just wanted to take a moment to let you know that we will be doing another live show, Ever so exciting. We'll be doing a show at Books Inc., our favorite place to do shows, uh, in Laurel Heights in San Francisco on Thursday, February 13th at 7pm. And believe it or not, that will be our two-year anniversary. Can't believe we've been doing this for only two years, so come on by and see us. We'd love to see you. Okay, so... In, in, in light of all of these things that have come to fruition with all of this, uh, someone who has been very vocal about it, particularly about Damon Swade, is Chuck Tingle, which has led Chuck Tingle to write the book Not Pounded by Romance Wranglers of America because their new leadership is from the depths of the endless cosmic void.
1: <laughs> um...
0: Okay, no, you got to talk. <laughs> Sorry, I messed with my microphone because I was so excited. Ah! the mix! So, this <laughs> vignette, we'll say. Yeah, because it's like, short, short. So, um, is about Gorblin Crimble <laughs> and his new friend, Amber. So, like, I don't know where these names come from. Okay.
1: Oh, my God. Are they, like, an anagram of what's-his-face's real name?
0: No, no, real name? No, no. Oh, maybe. No. Well, no, because no, uh, Chuck of Tingle. Of his real name.
1: Of his real name, probably. Yeah, but, like, because Gorbin Krimble sounds a little bit like Chuck Tingle. Right. Oh, okay. Oh, I
0: would just want to it, it also, Gor- Gorblin And also, oh my Crumble makes weird. me think of, like, Goblin Crumble. <laughs> like a crumble made out of goblins. <laughs> oh, my
1: God. Okay. Delicious.
0: Mm, delicious. So, this vignette begins with Gorblin <laughs> Uh, who's a relatively successful uh, romance writer who's seeking to find a writing group um, because he's feeling burnt out from the pressures of having to, like, constantly... Right and, like, maintain content to, like, keep his viewers happy. And reading it, I'm like, this seems so vulnerable and genuine.
1: Honestly, like, yeah, the first couple of pages, it was just... it was so sweet. And it was so, it like, was. honest. And it was, like... And the narrator says, I had started my writing life writing mysteries, because I love to connect the dots. But come to find out, I just really like the parts where people got together and maybe had erotic moments but I also felt like I was good at writing those parts mm-hmm. but I liked getting to that moment and it felt the same as writing a mystery in that I had to still connect parts to get them to that moment and I just had to admit to myself at one point that I wasn't good at the mystery part but I was good at the erotica part and that's okay
0: It's like oh so I
2: was like
1: oh,
0: yeah. so like, oh I, f- I feel like I know Chuck Tingle now as much as Damon Swade does, at least. <laughs> <laughs> and so the the vignette begins with Gor... I can't... Gorblin Crimble. I just cannot <laughs> like this name. Um, Has discovered a local Writers group in the hopes that he can sort of, like... Survey them to find maybe a publishing house that could. Because he's doing
1: all self-publishing, and that's been a lot of pressure.
0: He's basically looking to like take the next step in his career, and he's hoping that meeting there would be somebody at this writing group who might help point him in the right direction. So he goes to this little writing group, which meets in a bookstore after hours. And he does the thing where he's like, oh, I'm going to say that I do romance and everybody's going to look down at me. But nobody does. They're like, oh, okay. Like, we don't normally get romance writers. But like, hey, welcome, Corblin Crimble. (laughs) Um, And then there are a few people who recognize when he introduces himself. They're like, oh my god, I know who that is. And some people in the group don't know who it is. But then the people who do are like, oh my god, I'm such a a fan of yours, blah, blah, blah. Um, So he meets this woman, Amber. Basically, the leader of the group is like, oh, hey, like... We we're just here to like share our writing and get feedback on writing. But if you're interested in like advancing your career, you should go talk to the Romance Wranglers of America. Right. And hey, their headquarters is just down the street. And this woman in the group, Amber, is like, "Oh, I'll take you." And he's like, "Oh, are you sure?" And she's like, "Yeah, I'd love to. Let's go." So they get in the car. And there's a moment where they're talking and I have to pull it up because it's just like
1: uh, it's, it's one of my favorites. so tastes. insane
0: see the thing is like it's st- okay let me just find it really fast sorry so um, on the way Amber warns Gorblin Grim <laughs> I just can't say it with a straight face um, oh just so you know all the members of the Romance Wranglers of America are very attractive and then Gorblin says I laugh why would I need to be warned about that very attractive she repeats emphasizing the word very for a second time it can be a little distracting you'll probably want to give a pound or take a pounding (laughs) to which Gorblin says well this is a piece of erotic fiction we're in I remind her breaking the fourth wall it wouldn't make much sense if there was no sex okay (laughs) I love when stuff breaks the fourth wall well when it's done effectively you don't tell people you're breaking the fourth wall
1: well no but i mean come on they're doing it here for a reason like and saying it like I mean, one chuck tingle is about the obvious so like sure. not saying it but also what everything, happens
0: next everything that precedes this i love and we'll get into it but the fact that he's just like i say breaking the fourth wall i but know that's the joke. i understand Ugh.
1: saying it is the joke.
0: It, uh, I don't know if that's the case. Uh,
1: that is one hundred percent the case.
0: In any case, <laughs> um, so then Amber's like, "Oh, that's definitely true," but we're probably not in a Chuck Tingle book. <laughs> and Gorbling Crumbles like, "Why?" and Amber's like, "Well, there'd be a dinosaur by now," <laughs> and then a dinosaur appears in the street. <laughs> <screen. laughs> They're in their car. They almost run over this figure standing in the road and they go to look at it. And it turns out to be an anthropomorphized raptor, but he has this like black ooze spilling out of him. Yeah, and they're g- like.
1: Gorblin's like, oh, that dinosaur would be hot except for the black ooze. Except
0: for the black ooze. That's super weird. Uh Okay. So then they get back. in. The, oh, and then the, the dinosaur, they try to like, are you okay? And the dinosaur anthropomorphized raptor just sort of runs away into the night. And they're like, okay, that's weird. Let's go to romance, Wranglers. So they get back in the car and they're like, oh, I guess we are in a Chuck Tingle novel. And it's like a sudden realization fell on Gorbling Crimble And he turns to Amber and is like, I'm gay. And she's like, so am I. And then they both just start laughing. <laughs> like, great. I love it. This is, this is great. So then they show up at the headquarters, and the building is, like, oozing, and there's this black, like, crystalline structure sticking out of it, and it basically looks like the evil sorcerer's den in a high fantasy movie from, like, the 80s. And so they go inside—oh, and they hear screaming and wailing coming from inside. And so they go inside, and it looks perfectly normal inside, and they're greeted by a man who introduces himself as Demon— uh huh. His name is Demon. Nice. And he's like the head or whatever. And he's like, "Oh, let's let me show you around. Let's get you registered." And they go, um, and they see different. Like they hear people screaming from different floors. And he's like, "Oh, that's just writers. You know how frustrating it can be to be writers. It's just like, oh, they're they, you know, they're just so frustrated." And then they get to a floor where people are, like. Gorbin thinks that they're like editing. It's just a bunch of people working at computers. And then Demon's like oh no 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 we're writing vague threatening letters to our members. And Gorbin's like what? And he's like oh yeah see look and he like reads out some examples of these vague threatening letters and he's like isn't it great? Sign up now sign up now and basically I think do things get like super crazy or is that about it?
1: I mean that's about it it gets a little nutty in that like most well what happens next is Gorblin is like uh, fuck this shit. I'm not staying here. I'm gonna start my own.
0: Mm-hmm. And that's
1: basically it. It's like, hey, everybody, it's time to get out.
0: There's just, there's just something. I forget. What, something happens that they decide to run out of the building.
1: Uh, I think. Yeah, demon goes crazy. Like it or becomes obvious that Hold he's on. exactly what Chuck Tingle said. I have it
0: movie. right in front of me, and it's very short, so we can just. Um. Oh, there's one point, too, where demons like. Are you kidding me? Who wants romance from new, unique, or marginalized perspectives? New, unique, or marginalized are all italicized. And Corblin's like, I mean, I do. And Demon's like, no, you think it's a good idea, but it's actually not a good idea. Thanks. Anyway. Oh, the board comes in. Yeah. That's what it is. These, these figures in dark cloaks come out and they start chanting. Oh, that's, and they like, like they possess one of the riders and tentacles start coming out of his mouth and Gorblin and Amber are like let's get the fuck out of here so then they run down the stairs and then they're like driving back to the the. Amber's like oh we can get back to the little cozy riders group if we hurry and Gorblin's like yeah maybe I'll start my own thing as long as it's not that and Amber's like I'll be your first member And yep, the end the end So, you know, and then it comes with a bonus vignette called not pounded by the physical manifestation of my need to please everyone because sometimes it's okay to give back to yourself, (laughs) which I also read. Yeah. And is just as heavy handed, but also just as like charmingly bizarre.
1: Right. Well, and it's also a nice follow up in Mm -hmm. that like, here's this first one is all about this organization that's fucking screwing you. The second one's like, hey, take time for yourself.
0: Right. And then, so, you finish the second story, and you realize you're only 55% into the book. And the rest of it is all of the things that Chuck Tingle has published. 40-something <laughs> yes. percent of the book is just lists of the stuff that he, she, or they have published. Excellent. Just like, oh, God, okay. So, yeah, I'm, I'm as with... The other Chuck Tingle book that we read, I'm super glad that it exists, but at the same time, it's like, this has typos in it, so I I personally don't feel bad for you about feeling the need, the pressure to, like, crank stuff out. Like, if you're not going to take the time to edit this 10-page vignette just <laughs> to make sure there are no typos, then, like, I uh, <laughs> I don't feel bad for you anymore. Um. But I'm so glad that it exists.
1: What uh, I would and also recommend.
0: Gorblin Crimble.
1: Gorblin <laughs> I would also recommend everybody go to www.romancewritersofamerica.com. That's not the RWA.org, which is the real website. Romancewritersofamerica.com is a Chuck Tingle website.
0: Oh my God. And, uh
1: At the top of it, it says Romance Wranglers of America. And then the banner says, got a problem? You're out. Don't worry. We'll do the bare minimum to address your problem and invite you back several weeks later. Oh, my goodness. Um, Our publishers and sponsors start leaving. Once our publishers and sponsors start leaving, we'll take you seriously. We are committed to giving you as little respect as we can get away with while still maintaining a relationship with our sponsors, especially if you happen to be one of our members from a marginalized community. If you have a concern, we are deeply committed to taking action once the mainstream media hears about it and brave members who have been targeted by our leadership speak out. Our latest apology. (laughs) Um... Leadership positions now open, and then there's a picture of a man with his um, hands in his ears. Um,
0: oh, there's a test to yep. see if you if you're good. Oh God! Oh my
1: God! Chuck Tingle leading the revolution,
0: and then I, and then at the it. bottom it has links to National Novel Writing Month, the NAACP, Lambda, Lambda Literary, and, and Girls, Girls Right, right now.
1: now. Yeah, what is Lambda Literary?
0: It's an LGBTQ uh, Lambda is an lgbtq organization that has a bunch of different branches like they have lambda legal lambda literary oh my god that's amazing apply Uh, to the board yeah goodness as you may
1: have heard our president and a few select members have left could you take their place the following test has been created to weed out potential applicants who do not fit our vision for romance wranglers of america have you written the following Nothing yet. Just getting started and looking for a supportive community for all. Or several romance novels, including one that doesn't actually exist. <laughs> <laughs> a large catalog of books featuring diverse and unique perspectives from several communities. And if I click on that, uh-oh, we're not looking for you at this time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if you click the middle one, it's like, uh, it's like. What is your experience with the endless cosmic void?
0: <laughs> oh my god. It's just like I love, I absolutely love that like the the savage attacks. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. the the romance writers Robin Hood is Chuck Tingle. Chuck Tingle. Tingle. Yeah. <laughs> oh, great. Okay. Well, that's that.
1: yeah, yeah, that's that. So everybody, um yeah, honestly, I would say buy the Chuck Tingle book that we talked about, yes, because of, of course, the proceeds from that usually go to one of those fine organizations
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, among many others, uh, and so like a lot of Chuck Tingle proceeds go to really amazing orgs, so you can feel good in that you've you've um you've punched somebody in the face a little bit from a distance and you're giving back.
0: Yay. So. Two of my favorite things.
1: Anyway, that's where we are. So, uh, so Neil, uh, what are we doing next time? Well, we're next getting, time. We're, we're getting back to this. We're
0: back to our regularly scheduled program.
1: Um, so, thank you everybody for this break. Um, thank you, Christine. You're welcome. Thanks,
0: Christine. <laughs> thank you, Claire, for all of your research.
1: Well, and thank you, Neil, for listening through it all. Of course. And being was, a partner in it, this.
0: It, it was as soon as somebody starts being a mean girl, I'm instantly invested and want them to, you know, like, f- crash and burn. Yeah. yeah.
1: So then the next thing we're going to listen to is our review of Damon Swade's book. <laughs> yes! <laughs> so anyway, until then, uh, thank you to the writers of, Romance, of America, Romance Writers of America who are working so hard mm-hmm. to get your works published and out there, but also to stand up for those other writers who mm-hmm. are in the organization.
0: Mm-hmm. And thank you to Chuck Tingle.
1: Thank you to Chuck Tingle.
0: For just throwing that shade, girl.
1: Throwing that shade.
0: (laughs) Throwing that literary critique.
1: Mm -hmm. And um, so until next time.
0: Keep
1: fucking!